Will you stand up? We just want to honor the moms in the room, other moms in the room. Awesome. And um, also, we, we want to make sure that we communicate our heart and what this is about. I, I know that there's many women who, for many reasons, have not had children yet, whether it be age or struggle. We want all the ladies in the house to stand. All the ladies go and stand up, young and old. All the ladies stand up, and our ushers are going to pass around a rose. Because this is the truth. Listen to me here. Whether you have children or not, whether your children are grown or not, God has specifically placed in your life an opportunity to play a role and be a blessing in other people's lives that is unique to you. And so we want to recognize and honor who you are and who God has gifted you to be with with this flower and to let you know that today on Mother's Day, whether you have children or not, you are a blessing and God is going to use you to bless someone else and we think that's beautiful and we want to honor you with a flower today. So we want to make sure every lady in the house gets a flower. All right? Good job. All right, can we, can we just applaud the ladies in the house today? Thank you. Uh, w- women, you play a tremendous role in, in our lives, in our families, in our society, and man, the world would be a literally stinky place without you. You know what I mean if you've ever been in a room full of just guys. Um, and it's not just about the fragrance that you bring to the room, but it, it's about the gifts that God has placed uniquely in you that we need. That, that has an impact beyond the current circumstances and even sometimes beyond the current generation. Do, do you recognize that your impact isn't limited just to your children, but the way that you live your life plays out for generations to come in some lives that you may not even see? And, and we know that to be true. And, and today I want to speak, and this message, it's definitely geared towards Mother's Day, towards kids, but I want you to tune in because even if... It, because this message is good if you have kids, or if you will have kids, or if you know someone who has kids, or if you'll be in the same room as kids at some point in your life, right? This message has some impact to you in the way that you interact with them. And and, uh, on Mother's Day, when we think about giving gifts and honoring mom, there's three points that I want to pull out of the passage today that are three things that we want to give to the younger generation, that we want to give to those who surround us in our household. And we're going to pull this out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. So if you have your Bible, open up to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. And I'm going to, I'm going to reference this a few times throughout the morning, so keep, keep that spot open if you have it. If not, we'll be projecting the words on the screen behind me as I read. And starting in verse 14, <coughs> it says, But as for you, and this is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, who is a young pastor, and he says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. (coughs) And the passage goes on beyond that. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. (coughs) We're going to start with the first verse where it says, but as, for, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. Now, this passage, as it starts off, I want you to know, this isn't just a passage that you can read to anybody and say, this applies to you just as it is, because the fact is, you know, when it says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned, this is specific to, to Timothy because of the family he grew up in. The fact is, the truth is, that you know, if your family was like mine, there's probably a lot of things that you have to unlearn as an adult. There's probably a lot of habits that you picked up and applied to yourself and to your circumstances and to your life that are not beneficial. And Paul is writing to Timothy this way because he knows 
Timothy's grandmother, and he knows Timothy's mother. And, and so he's speaking specifically to his circumstances. And so, so for you, the, the, one of the first things that I want to begin to say is, is we sometimes have to continue what we've been taught, and sometimes we have to retrain ourselves. And, and if the Apostle Paul was writing to you, I, I think it's okay for you to identify the things that I took out of my family, the lessons, the traditions, the way that we communicate. I think it's actually important for you to begin to analyze and say, are the things that I inherited from my family what I want for myself and my kids? Are the past 10 years what I want the next 10 years to look like? And am I, am I currently investing into my children in a way that someone would say, hey, just copy what your mom and your grandma and your dad, copy what they did, continue to do that, continue what you learned from them. I, th I think that's an important thing to analyze because the fact is sometimes we begin to say things that our parents said, do things the way that they did, even though we didn't like them. And it's an important thing to just note and say, what do I need to continue and what do I need to change? In the case of living out the faith, his faith, Timothy was encouraged, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of. And, and you can have some more insight into this from 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verse 5, where the Apostle Paul says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Louise, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. And, and that's what I'm referencing when I say the Apostle Paul knew his family, and, and he said, you know what, I see significant potential in this young pastor because I saw the depth and amazing faith that his mother and his grandmother had. And, and if, if, that, if that boy, if th this young pastor can emulate the type of faith that those ladies had, it's going to be tremendous. So just do what they've been doing is kind of how this passage starts off. The, the Apostle Paul, he invested in lots of people, but one of the reasons that he knew Timothy was gifted, because he knew his mom and he knew his grandma. And, and ladies, when I say that your legacy lives on beyond your immediate children, beyond your household, it often, it often goes out into other households as well where they were like family to you. I, I want you to recognize the significant legacy that the way that you live your faith can have. There, there, are, there are people, and there's probably people in your life, many of you in this room, where when you think back to growing up, you'd say this lady was tremendously important to us. And some of them were family, some of them, I just remember, uh, I had a neighbor named Emma, and, and she was such a blessing to our family. And, I mean, she was, she was like family, though, though she was not part of our family, and, and she just poured love into our life. And many of you guys have experienced that, and many of you guys are that right now, I hope. And, and for, for me, as I look at this passage and look at the example, I mean, it's, it's just clear that he says, you know, continue in what you have learned. The importance of having an example to look at is tremendous. We learn so much more from an example than just from like a description or saying, hey, go and do this. One of the ways that I've seen this played out, and it's kind of funny, when I was married, or when we were newly married, uh, when T and I got newly married, one of the first things that she said is, I hope when our kids are older, they say that I make the best pizza which is just a weird dream in my mind. I mean, I don't necessarily dream about what food I'm going to make that my kids just love, but she's, I just hope that my kids make the best pizza. And I was like, honey, well, you can practice making homemade pizza on me as much as you need to. I mean, it should probably be like a weekly occurrence. Just make me a pizza, and, and we'll make sure it's really good for the kids by the time the kids come along, all right? And, and, and so Tia, she enjoys making that, and sure enough, her dream came true. I mean, just this last April 30th, my daughter Edessa, it was her birthday, said, any restaurant you want to go to, whatever you want to have for dinner, 
what do you want? She said, I want mom's homemade pizza. And, and so, you know, Tia, she's on cloud nine and, and excited. Uh, and my wife, she went out of town, and my oldest daughter, she, she said, hey, I want to make homemade pizza. And, and this just blew my mind. I was like, do you know how to do that? She's like, well, I've watched mom do it a bunch of times. And I was like, go for it. Make me a pizza. I'm always up for that. <laughs> and, and, and so she begins, and she begins doing things, and she doesn't even understand really why she's doing them. She's just seen her mom do it so many times. This 10-year-old has watched her mom make pizza so many times that she didn't need the instructions. She just did what she always saw mom do. I mean, she took the dough, and she mixed it, and she put it in a bowl. She wet a paper towel, put it over it, he preheated the oven, set it on top of the oven so that the air would cause the dough to rise. She doesn't even know that's why she's doing it, but she's just doing the pattern that her mom set. And isn't that how we learn so many things? I mean, I mean, from the way that we start our day to like whether or not we brush our teeth, I mean, so many things are set from the example of the people that we lived around in our life. And, and the power of the example, it bleeds into all of the areas. It, it goes into how you manage your money. It goes to the way that you communicate with your loved ones. And it most definitely goes into the way that you live your faith. And, and the thing that we want for, for our kids, uh, we want them to have an example, not a description. This is the point. This is the first gift that I want you moms, you dads, people who are investing into other people's lives. One of the gifts I want you to give is I want you to give an example and not a description. And, and, and this is powerful because this is how we learn. We learn by seeing it lived out. And, and I know that as soon as I talk about living ex an example to our kids, there, there's, there's this internal thing that happens in the minds of parents of older kids. And it's this internal pushback that says, you know what, if I heard this message while my kids were like this high, that would have been great. But that opportunity has passed, and they've watched the way that I've lived, they've watched the way that I speak, and, and they've watched the way that I've interacted with my spouse. And, and if I start making changes like that, it's going to be super awkward. And they're going to say, oh, you're going to church and you're going to try to be a church person now. And, and, and there's going to be this tension. And, and there's this thing of saying, Paul, it's just too late for me to live that example. And, and I want to push back with you on probably what you would say to your, your own child, whether they be 10, 15, 25, or 35, when they say, I feel like I should make this change, but I feel like it's too late to say it. You would just say, that's garbage. That's garbage. If you need to make a change, if you need to get out of a habit, if you need to invest in your marriage, if you need to invest in your relationship with your family, and you're saying because you've messed up too much in the past, it's too late for you to change, you would tell your child, that's garbage, make the change that you need to, and be the person that you're supposed to be. And we would say that to our kids, but sometimes, man, we're a little bit more gentle with ourselves, and we say, oh, well, they've seen me mess up too often. I can't change the way I speak. I can't change the way I communicate. I can't change the way I spend my money. I can't change the way I am when I get home from work. And I want to tell you, if you think it's too late for you to be an example to your family in the most gentle, loving way I can, that's garbage. You can change. And in fact, it's one of the best examples you can give your kid. I mean, it's easy when you start doing it right from the very beginning. It's easy to be that person and say, I just got it right, and I continue to get it right. That's easy, isn't it? It's harder, and it's a more important example to be able to go to your kids and say, I was doing this wrong. And I don't care how long I was doing it wrong for, that doesn't matter. The fact is, now I'm going to try to start doing it right. And I might get it wrong some more, but this is what I'm going for. And they may not believe that that change is going to stick yet, but it doesn't matter what they believe. What matters is what God's doing in your heart, your hunger and thirst to be obedient to him, your desire to be the example that you should be in your marriage, in your family, in your relationships at work, the places where God has placed you. Be the example.
And, and our kids, they need that example. They don't just need a description of it. They, they don't need to be told how to do it. They need to be shown. And, and Timothy's mom and his grandma, they didn't just live a good life in front of him, but they taught him. They, they said, you know, this is the style. This is how it's lived out. But one of the things that's cool in this passage is, is that they also did give the instruction. You know, descriptions aren't bad. Instructions aren't bad. They're important. And they kind of just knocked it out, out of the park on this. In verse 15, it says, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures. You know, Timothy's mom is making us all look bad here. Most of us, when we have infants, like our goal as we have infants and toddlers, we're like, just don't stick stuff up your nose. Like, that's our goal for you in this stage of life. But Timothy, he's, you know, being taught scriptures from a very early age. And, and some of us, we, we've missed the opportunity on that, and that's okay. Start wherever they are. If you haven't had kids yet, set your vision on this. I mean, from an early age, be speaking the truth of the word of God to them. I mean, you know, when it comes to some of us who are struggling to maintain our toddlers, I just crack up because I saw this description online. One of my friends said, just so you guys know, if your toddler puts a blueberry in their mouth, you can cover one nostril with your thumb and blow into their mouth to make it pop out. I mean, like, that's the status that most, most of us are on raising our kids. I don't, that's not medical advice for me. I'm not sure that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that's what one of my friends did. Um, you know, for, but, but we need to set goals in our interactions with our kids to not just, not just correct their behavior, but to actually teach them, to instruct them. And, and this is a pattern that is easy to fall into where it's like, you know, I do interact with my kid. I correct them when they mess up. But if our relationship with our kids are limited to just correcting them when they mess up, that's going to be a very broken relationship. And, and I'll tell you, st straight out of my experience, I have the days, we have four kids, where I want to get home and I want to play with my electronic device or I want to relax, I want to watch, you know, some game on the TV and I want my kids to go and do something away from me and play with their tablets and just, just everybody chill and do their own thing. I have those days. And it's important as a parent to have rhythm, rhythms of rest. Don't hear me say we can't rest. But, but we can fall into this pattern. And this is what happens. It's usually when I want to do my own thing and I want them to do their own thing, the only time they hear my voice speak to them is when they start doing something wrong. No, you can't have that. Stop hitting each other. Stop doing this. And it's like the only time they hear my voice is when I'm just correcting their behavior. And you already know how unhealthy it can get in any relationship. I mean, I'm talking about kids and raising young folks here, but you know, if it, it, this can apply to marriage too, and if the shoe fits, lace it up. If the only words you hear from someone are words of correction, you're going to just feel like, man, they just think I do everything wrong all the time. The, the, only, the only thing that they see in me is just the mistakes that I'm making. And as a parent, it is easy to fall into this pattern where most of your communication can just become, don't do that don't do that. Why are you doing that way? I've told you this a hundred times. And we have to be careful that when, when we think about raising our kids, that we're actually instructing them and not just correcting them all the time. And, and scripture paints a beautiful picture of this. The method that scripture gives us in Deuteronomy 6 is, is as, we're, as we're going places, as we're walking somewhere, that around the house, on, on, on the posts of the house, that every area of our life as we walk through life is an opportunity to talk about God's truth. And I'm going to tell you, your kids, they want to talk about the truth of the word of God with you. If you made a decision to follow, to, to follow God with your life, they will be super interested to hear the story. They might be shocked to find out you, did, you weren't always a Christian. 
and for you to tell them the story of how you came to know Christ, they're going to be very interested to hear this. And they're going to be interested to hear what the Bible says about knowing Christ. And some of that you might be like, man, I don't know if I can explain all that. Start where you are and learn with them. And in fact, we as a church, we try to do as many things as we can to make it easy for you. And we, we had a brief time where these texts weren't going out, but we actually, for anyone who's got kids through elementary age, we send two texts a week to parents to just give them little moments to connect with their kids over faith. And I, I heard a story got back to me about a dad who got the text and he went in there and he was just basically, you know, was reading the text to, to his daughter and just saying, hey, I'm so glad that God gave you to me. And his wife is outside listening like, man, where did he come up with that? And, and, and she's like, where did you get that? He's like, oh, the church texted it to me. She's like, oh, okay. Which, you know, I would have maybe just not let her know about that part of it, but that's just me. Um, but we, we want to help provide those opportunities. And you don't have to do it on your own. There are th- literally thousands of resources online to help you connect with your kids to talk about your faith, to, to help share about the Word of God. If your kids are older, man, you can text message them. They, they, they can't even ignore you because it's going to come into their box and they have to read it. And you can text them and just say, hey, I'm praying for you. Here's a truth from the Word of God that I've been reading. I want to encourage you with it. Find ways to connect with your family. To, to sh- instruct them. A- and we want to instruct them. This is the second thing I want to give. We want to give instruction, not just correction. Correction is important. It, you know, accountability is important. Making sure that they know when they step out of line. That's part of being a parent, but it's not the only part. And we want to instruct and encourage our kids as much as we can while we have them. We want to see them growing in their faith. And it's never too late to start. If you have a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old kid, encourage, instruct, and help them. Teach them how to live. Timothy's parents, they nailed this. I mean, from infancy, they were pouring scripture and instruction into his life. And maybe you feel like you missed the nail and got your thumb, but you know, don't give up. Like, I understand, it can be awkward as you start this. It can be awkward to begin to have family devotions or talk about the word of God together. We want to we open it up. We want to make this a good experience for you. And your kids, they want to hear it from you. And so don't, don't hesitate to initiate the conversation. You have to instruct your children. And, and the reason we have to instruct our children is because there's a goal, right? There is a goal for why we instruct them. There is a goal to why we pour scripture into their lives. And, and continuing on in the passage, it, he says, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. There is a goal that we have in our kids. We want to see faith come alive in them. And, and you know, our goal for our kids, it, we have lots of different goals. We might have a goal for them to become a professional athlete who makes millions of dollars and buys a big house and a boat. And I mean, you know, that's probably not our goal, but maybe partially a little bit. I know that we live vicariously through our kids' sports programs sometimes. But, but even if our kid were able to become the most successful athlete, we know that at the end of the day, that success doesn't always bring happiness. We, we know plenty of people who are wealthy, but empty. And so we pour scripture into our kids because we have a goal of seeing them have this vibrant relationship with Christ that will carry them with joy through life's storms because we know life will throw difficulty at them. We know that they will have to make hard choices. We know there's times where they will feel lonely, that there are times where where they feel isolated, where there's times where they will question their value and their worth. And we know that if we cement the truth of the word of God, they will never question who they really are. And so we have to pour it into them. Whatever age they're at, For me, 
I know what it's like to come from a rough background, and I've talked about this some before, but I have a very distinct memory with my mom. And it, it was at a real d- difficult time where my dad had just left. I, w- I was 10 years old. It was a fresh, you know, pain in this figuring out how we live life together. And my dad was an athletic guy, and so I always did my athletic stuff with him, and now he's gone, and I'm getting ready for soccer season. And I remember the awkwardness of the first time my mom came out to try to kick the soccer ball with me. And this was awkward because I'm in fourth grade, and I'm almost as tall as my mom, and I'm definitely a better soccer player than she is. I mean, she's teaching me, but I'm showing her how to kick a soccer ball because she doesn't know. Like, I mean, it was just, it, w- it was an awkward feeling. And I remember that though it was strange to, you know, have to be four feet away from my mom because she couldn't kick it much further than that. I remember at the same time loving the moment because my mom just stepped into it. That even though it hurt that dad was gone and she shouldn't have to be filling this role, I remember loving that she was trying. And I know so many moms in this room and so many moms that you're connected to, you guys have filled or are filling roles that you shouldn't have to do by yourself. But I also know that, that in life that there, there's these moments where sometimes, you know, l- looking back now, I, I look at what my mom did and I say, it would have been so easy for her to say, you know what, I shouldn't have to do that. I don't know how to do that. I'm going to embarrass myself if I do that, so I'm just not going to try. There are so many times that when, when we look at these challenges, these difficulties, we say, you know what, I'm not enough to do that, and so I'm just not going to try, and we just let this fear of failure, fear of not being enough, put us in a position where we don't even try to do the thing that we know someone else needs, or we don't try to do the thing that we know God is calling us to do. And, and so we just let fear just kind of set, set, make us step back. And I look back and I say, I'm so glad that my mom wasn't just afraid to like break through the awkward and do that because she had to, she had to do a ton of awkward things to, to be the mom that she needed to be. You know, she was a single mom and so, you know, the, the birds and the bees talk with a son. That's not fun. The deodorant talk, like you're, you're, you're smelly now. Like wear deodorant. You got to talk about these things. Teaching a boy how to shave his face is not an easy thing. And, and, and this is the, the realm of parenting and so it's a little more comfortable to talk about but this transitions into to all of the areas of our life. There are times where we know we need to do something and sometimes it's fear that keeps us from stepping into it. We're, we're afraid to step forward with God because it might mean I need to change my job. It might mean it might affect my relationship with the person that I thought I was going to marry. If I step forward in this way, it's going to bring me to a position of fear. There, there's lots of areas where fear begins to keep keep us back. And and the the third gift that we want to give to our kids, the the, the third thing that I'd encourage you, wherever you're at today in life, the thing that you want to be giving to the people around you, you want to give faith, not fear. The reason that we live an example, the reason that that we instruct our children is that we want to give them faith. First of all, it's not just faith that they can do anything. It's, it's faith in Christ because from that faith in Christ, that is a foundation that sets them up to be able to live their life. And what scripture teaches is in, in the Gospel of John, it talks about how Jesus overcame the world. And then in 1 John, it says, and you have become over, you are overcomers because of your faith in Christ. That, that when we set our faith in him, we know that that gives us a foundation that we can live from. We know that we can conquer the things that, that God has put ahead of us. And that faith changes the way that we interact with any of our challenges. 
And, and this is not just like a Sunday morning faith, like I, I come to church thing, but real active faith should touch every area of your life. Because you know that God has put gifts in you, you know that God has called you to more, more than just the average life, more, more than just settling, more than just living in fear, more than just being chained up in addiction, that God has set you free from those things and he calls you to greater things. Not just a life, but an abundant life on earth is what scripture tells us. And, and so we live by faith. And so what we want to give to our kids, we don't want to teach by our example or by our instruction that they should step back in fear. But we want to teach our kids by our example and by our instruction that they should step forward in faith, believing that God is going to give them the tools that they need to be victorious in the things that God has set ahead of them. And we want to give faith. Because too much of our world has grown up in a situation where they feel like, the odds are too far against them and they could never be victorious. Too much of our world feels like they've lost before they've even tried. Uh, I saw this, this video come through, through my feed that was encouraging to my heart and I'm gonna kinda begin to wrap it up with this and band, if we can start moving towards the stage, that'd be great. The, the story it was from a guy named Richard Pimentel and he, he's done a lot of work with the disabled and he was telling the story from his youth. He is someone who his mother was mentally ill and his father passed away at a young age, and so he was raised by his grandmother. I mean, he was one, one of those situations where someone who wasn't named mom became the mom in the situation. And because she wasn't planning on this, they were in a financially tight space. And this was in the day where when you had food stamps, you had to like rip up the stamps, and there were actual stamps that you handed to the cashier and he was retelling a story that, that really affected what he believed about himself. And they, they were in the checkout line, and he was kind of just always had this anxiety about it and kind of hiding behind the cart. And his grandmother was by the cashier, and a person in the line over, a uh, loudmouth man, looked over and said, Well, would you look at that? They have better groceries than I have, and I've bought those groceries for you. In fact, lady, what, what are you going to do for society to pay back all these groceries that, that we've bought for you. What good are you? And I can't even imagine the anxiety and the, the, the pain that must have been going through her heart. I, I already know the tension of things being tight and being embarrassed, but he retells his grandmother's reaction that was with what I'd say is tremendous grace, tremendous wisdom. She said, you know what? I can't pay society back what I owe them. And then she grabbed him by the shoulders and she said, but him, but this young man that I feed with this food, he is going to do tremendous things for this society. He's going to do tremendous things for this world. And she spoke a type of faith in him of who he was going to be that he wasn't ready to believe for himself. And he went on to serve in the army he, he served valiantly in Vietnam, and he continues to do an amazing work with disabled people and helping them get jobs in, in lots of different settings. But he needed someone who could look at him and say, you don't have to be afraid of what has been, but I believe in something great that is ahead of you. And the way that we speak, the way that we live our life, that third gift that people need from us. We need to give faith and not fear. 
so when you think about your circle of influence, I hope that you, you, you find an opportunity to give those gifts to the people around you. Today on Mother's Day, I know that the person who played the role of mom in your life, you may not have referred to her or that person as mom. It might have been a dad, it might have been a grandmother, it might have been an adoptive um, parent, it may have been someone from foster care. I, I know that our stories have all gone down different roads. But sometimes it's hard for us to get the words out or to seize the opportunity for letting them know something significant that they did in our life. I mean, that, that moment in the grocery store, I doubt that that grandmother knew how huge that was for him. Because the fact is, our moms, they teach us things in so many small moments. And on your bulletin today, there, there's a spot on there that says, Mom, thank you for teaching me. And then it has a blank. And flowers are beautiful, and meals are great, and cards are awesome. But there's something special when you let person who played that role in your life know, here's a memory where what you did, what you said, what you taught me, it helped. It stuck with me. So what I'd like to challenge you to do is during this next song, write something down. And your mom might be close enough that you could write something down and hand it to her. It might be something where you snap a picture of it and send it to her. Maybe you do better just saying it to her over the phone. We have a faith that is lived out practically, and I believe one of the ways that we can give a great encouragement is to take a simple step like this and let the person who played the role of mom in our life know, thank you for teaching me. Give him a memory. And I believe that God will use that in her heart, in her mind, in a special way. So church, let's find these ways to be a blessing. Let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for women who have poured into our lives taught us to have a strong faith, taught us to believe even when we can't see, taught us to choose faith over fear. Thank you for those blessings and help that blessing continue to move through us to the generation that comes after. As we speak this blessing back to those mothers, I just pray that it would just lift them up and empower them to continue to be what they've been to us all of, the, all of these years. And we thank you so much for the blessing of moms in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.